0: Welcome to today's episode with Sherelle Grant and Danny Antonolis. Sherelle is an online coach, founder of Women's Health Movement and co-host for the Level Up podcast. After years of trying to find her way in the fitness world, Sherelle now lives to teach others lessons and mistakes that she wish she knew whilst creating a community of her own along the way. As an online coach, nurse, midwife, personal trainer and WBFF pro, all aspects of her life have brought her to where she is today. Call that fate, hey? What but an Shirelle's- intro. <laughs> <laughs> She's not done. She's not done. These girls, I tell you what, we've got some a big lineup and we're still going. So Sherelle's main principles she revolves them around teaching women the ways to discover them best selves, not just physically, but mentally as well. And she does this through sustaining her habit building with these girls, mindset development and continuing their personal growth both in and outside of the gym. And her mission really is to educate and empower women to be in control of their mind, their body, their soul, to evolve into the highest version of themselves. And of course, Danny, Danny, who is an osteopathic doctor, she's an online coach, a seminar, speaker for United Health Education, Jim co-owner WBFF Bikini Pro, co-creator of my Training Space app, and also co-host for the Level Up podcast. With over a decade of experience in the industry, Daddy specialises in exercise, prescription for strength, performance, and injury rehabilitation. Danny's mantra is movement is medicine and it hits me all the feels when I hear that mm. I resonate with that so much so both of these women you know really are such an empowering voice they're both extremely incredible icons for the health fitness and and well-being industry and they really bring such a breath of fresh air with education and in my view they really kind of get past the fluff and the buff kind of the bullshit really, if we're being honest, and talk about real things that really, really matter in changing people's lives, the way that they look at themselves and their approach to health and fitness, which I think is quite important, particularly when we're looking at the younger demographic, certainly in our own journeys, all three of us, something that we really struggled to find at the start of our journey. These two are really now becoming advocates for other people to do that for their lives. So I'm really honored, so excited to have these two legends on the podcast today. Mm-hmm. Danny, Sherelle, welcome. Whew. I just have all the fields after
1: that. Thank you, Nikki, for that introduction. You can come with us everywhere we go, I think. Every time we step <laughs> in a room, we just yeah Nikki, now's your spiel. Here we go. No, thank yeah. you so much for having us. And we connected what episode 25 of our podcast. So it's just so nice to see the work that's been put in since then and now you've got your own space and doing amazing things with your community and and got your own podcast and now we're guests with you so it's just so humbling and so nice and such an honor to be on the other side and I'm really excited to have some amazing conversation today.
2: Yeah awesome and yeah again what a, what an intro I feel like <laughs> I should sort of sit back I'm like shy blushing over here. <laughs> Um, but it's so nice to connect on a on a podcasting platform. I think we've all known each other, you know, through Instagram, through competing, through so many other areas, uh, and it's really cool to be able to jump on a podcast and have a chat with you.
0: Yeah, it's been a long time. You know, the first time I jumped on a podcast for you two, it's quite beautiful to reflect on how far all of us have come through our personal journeys. But really beautiful that we get to connect in a podcast space like this, because you know, being You know, Danny and I both live in Sydney now, but being that, you know, Cheryl, you're interstate, it's a great opportunity to create a space to connect with each other, but also, you know, for everyone listening, you're going to get some epic value from today, no doubt. So I'm going to dive straight into it. I'm not going to start with too many hard questions just yet, because I'm I'm really curious to know more um, about your journeys, specifically around, obviously, mindset, personal development, Um, And for just some of the the listeners today, um, I'm not sure if everyone has even heard of you girls or or met you before. So we want to make sure that everyone knows how awesome you two are, of course. Um, But I'm personally really curious to know more about your personal journeys, particularly around mindset and personal development. So I'm going to throw the question out there. Um, You girls can jump in whenever you whenever you see fit. But the first question is, You know, given how far you girls have come in your journey inside health and fitness industry, but also with bodybuilding, what have been some of the things you've learned about yourselves on your journey, mindset-wise and through personal development? Thanks, Nikki. Um, Yeah, wow. So when we did connect,
1: I think we were all in such different states I mean Sherelle and I just finished competing um, or it might have been you know six months after we just finished our show in 2019 and for me personally bodybuilding and and competing was everything for me and for good reason it brought me a lot of joy and happiness and uh, skills that I was able to learn about myself and I found a community of, of like-minded people in a world where I sort of felt alone um, in terms of just having a drive towards a goal. It allowed me to apply that crazy energy um, and, and get an outcome. But then as time went on and with the help of the pandemics, I sort of realised, okay, this is great, um, but there's something missing. Although I achieved what I wanted to, turn pro um, in 2019, that was enough with that. Then I started to realize hey, I, I don't want to keep going this way. I want to put more focus on personal relationships, connection, and business. And the reason being was they're the three areas where I dropped the ball on um, deliberately, because I believe that you can't have it all if you're to do something really well. And when it comes to a pure body composition goal um, it is easy to forget about those things people don't really understand what you're doing which why would they it's a very niche sport Um, business you know you only have a certain amount of time energy and money uh, to put into competing where business can often get left behind um, which very much happened to me even though I was evolving I didn't have the resources to invest in business Um, and then yeah I, I just realized hey there's a little bit more to this. I I want to tap into that feminine side of energy and not be so masculine and and on the go. Um, And that's very much where I am now. I mean, I feel like I've passed that level of my life and did what I needed to do. Uh, But with the the change of the industry from purely fitness-based and aesthetic-based, it's a lot more about personal development, mindset, not losing all those other elements of health and wellness along the way and you know, I very much went through that journey, and I'm glad that I I got lost in the aesthetic goal because now on the other side, I can realize it's a dead end, and it doesn't give you the validation that focusing on the other areas do. Um, so through personal experience, you know, that's led me to be here, sort of preaching the other side, and and just reminding people that hey, there's so many elements to health and wellness, not
0: only where the industry is going but just for personal satisfaction um yeah so that's me mm, yeah and if i can just jump in how how are you able to do that danny because you know i certainly noticed for myself given the the start of my health and fitness journey i also found that there wasn't these um the the pillars for health fitness well being mindset even hormonal, the the pillars were quite skewed and unbalanced. And again, just because, you know, we were probably quite uneducated back then and we didn't have the resources at our disposal. So so saturated like podcasts, eBooks, you know, there's so much information out there now, which is fantastic. And I'm just wondering how you were able to make that shift though, because, you know, back then it was our world. It was something that we thought was, you know, the definition of a high-performing, um, healthy strong athlete and not to say that it's not that anymore and we can certainly see now that we've created these new pillars like you know balance um sustainability that we can incorporate into these practices but how are you able to recognize that and then also find a a different avenue that feels a little bit more aligned and a bit more heart-centered for you
1: i mean the the experience in itself was still amazing and i feel like i i did do a lot of development mentally and and um, you know socially still however I'm unsure I mean if we didn't have the pandemic I may have still been competing to be honest so it's as if the world just you know forced all of us to stop and take a good look at ourselves and then when I didn't have the ability to to compete and get on stage I noticed that I felt so lost in a sense of I, I started to feel lonely again like all of the the things that competing brought and all of the validation, um, it disappeared so quickly. And I know a lot of people would have gone through this. Um, So I was down in the dumps a little bit, but then that led me to seek help and turn within and explore and ask myself, why do I feel this way? What what do I need right now? And I needed all of the things that um, I put on pause for competing. So yeah, I'm kind of noticing now, which is so interesting. I'm heading, it's almost as if I'm going back five years to before I started competing, because now I just have the urge to connect with family and friends, like friends that I haven't seen in ages. I'm I'm that person that's reaching out. And they're probably saying, where the hell have you been? But I'm like, I just want to connect again. Um, you know, hobbies are coming back into light. Like I'm going back to all the things that made me happy as a younger person as well. Um, yeah, it's just interesting how it's cycling. So to answer your question, I mean, there, I was forced into it a little bit. But then from turning in and, and asking myself what makes me happy, Um, I'm just following that. And I mean, I've set myself up business-wise to be able to have more time and space to explore that. I do realize that, you know, we're still working and I'm still working a lot. But over the years and as I've gotten older, I've been able to set myself up business-wise to be able to have that flexibility, to be able to travel. I'm very grateful for that. Um, But in terms of wants, needs and desires, it's a lot more of the things that are a little bit more lighthearted.
0: Yeah, amazing. And sure, I'm really curious to know more from your perspective, because, you know, you're still competing at the moment. And, you know, when we look at the psychological incentives behind competing for me, once I realized what it actually was, and, you know, maybe similar for Danny, you know, we both kind of felt that it wasn't enough for us to continue And so I'm really curious to know about you and your journey with mindset, personal development, because you have got a really strong mindset. It's quite fascinating to me as a mindset coach. And I want to know more about your journey, what you've learned about yourself and how that's really been important for you through your journey now still competing as as a WBFF pro.
2: Yeah. Firstly, Danny, that was epic. I loved hearing that. Sometimes when we do a podcast together I forget like I forget a lot of these things so it's really nice to be able to hear that and revisit it uh but similar to me like I feel like a lot of us you know back then fitness was very much aesthetic driven like we got into the gym to look good and that's great because it's an entry point for a lot of people like to change your body etc but now in hindsight when I look back like fitness for me and getting into like the competing world and just training like it was probably the first opportunity where I got to be disciplined and like sacrifice certain things and work hard towards something and achieve something so I think indirectly through fitness in general not even just competing like I was sort of Competing before I was competing, if that makes sense. Like I was going to the gym, I was doing all the exact same processes and things before I even thought about bodybuilding per se. And I just really loved the the qualities that I got from that and how it bled over into other areas. So when I found fitness um, and got into training, and you know following a program and showing up and just doing that, I started to excel at uni. I started to excel in career-wise. I started to align myself with better people, find other interests. Like I just started to, as cliche as it sounds, like I just started to find myself because even growing up I was very much like a party animal even in uni early years party animal um, and then when I started getting into health and fitness obviously it doesn't really align those two lifestyles so I started to really enjoy the the training side of things and recognizing well that lifestyle makes me feel like shit when I rock up to the gym and it's impacting me in other ways so slowly and surely maybe over like you know 12 months or so I really like completely changed and everyone's like. I miss the old Charelle. Like I got that for a while. The old Charelle. I'm like, she's dead. <laughs> like the new Charelle is here. So it was really much fitness that that showed me that that pathway. And since then, like. I obviously moved into nursing, went back, did postgrad studies, like worked in a, like got my dream job at the time, like worked really hard to get to where I wanted to be career-wise. And I've always felt like I had this parallel lifestyle at the same time, which was competing and fitness. Like even shift work and nursing does not correlate with what it takes to turn pro um, as a a WBFF pro definitely but I managed to do it and that was something that actually drove me at the time I'm like you know like I know that shift work is unhealthy and by society's standards and the population like we are unhealthy but I had this like little piece of me was like I'm gonna prove everyone wrong like I'm gonna be able to do this and that and have the best of both so that was like a little bit of a driver for me at the time And then over that period, there was probably like, I don't know, 12, 24 month transition, very much COVID pandemic really sped everything up for me as well, like something, a transition that would have taken me years happened in a matter of six months, um, just because it was sort of forced, I really started to like love the fitness side a lot more than the career that I thought that I wanted uh, which was a really difficult time for me and Danny and I spoke a lot about this on the podcast because I was like going through it and I was almost seeking counsel and Danny like what do I do Um, but yeah I, I transitioned away and now I'm very much in the business world but like nursing, competing, fitness, all of those things have allowed me to be able to develop like the grit and the work ethic and the resilience and just I'll get the shit done and I'll do the thing. Uh, And it's helped so much in business. Like, again, I just feel like We've made so much progress in a short period of time because both myself and my partner um, who's working with me have those aspects because he was a teacher in COVID. I was a nurse in COVID. And we were just like, we will put all this work ethic into creating something for ourselves. And we've, we've done that. So we're in the middle of that at the moment. But when I look at the competing side and how that still comes into it, it is something that I have questioned a lot, right? I think everyone has going through COVID of like, is this still worth it? Because we all had to go through that period of, what am I doing this for? Like, what am I getting out of it? And Danny, we both started a prep in COVID and that was tough, right? Like, I still remember being on that crappy little bike thing in the front. I'm like, what am I doing, right? And definitely I was like, nah, you know, throwing it in back then. But now that I'm out of it, I've still, like, the best way to describe it for me is that I've still got this like itch that needs to be scratched when it comes to this WBFF wellness category because I've always felt like bikini wasn't me, and that's fine. Like I tried to fit the mold and I got the pro card and I did the stuff, but I'd always felt like I was not fitness, but I was not quite bikini. So when this wellness category come in, I'm like it's me, and then I was in the booklet, and I'm like it really is me. <laughs> so I feel like once I scratch that itch, um, I'm not sure what will hold. Like it is such a commitment and sacrifice with time. Um, And it's something like when you're heavily invested in business, that it's so tempting because I just want to spend all my time on business at the moment. But then I'm like, actually, like outside of business, I still need to make sure that my training and like all my other personal goals are being met too Uh, because that to me is what allows me to have balance. Like I actually love the process of prepping. Like I love the actual training side of it, the discipline that you get. I love all of those qualities. And I really don't suffer until probably, I want to say eight to six weeks out. That's when things start getting really hard and you're like, oh but that's sort of normal so everything up to that point I actually genuinely enjoy and I think that's because like myself and you know probably you two as well we got into it before social media was a big thing so we actually did enjoy the training and, and the the lifestyle aspect that come with competing and I can't say that that's the same for everyone because it has become so popular some people do it for the status for the after photos for the for the following whatever else people think that they get from it Uh, but I've never really done it for that like I did it always before that I, I feel like what comes from it is just a consequence rather than the thing that you should actually be driving for so I'm not sure if that answers your question but that's a little bit of a lens of maybe
0: like what's actually got me here Yeah. And let's, I kind of want to dive into something that you mentioned that was really stood out to me, which was around COVID. Both of you had this like shift and I really hear that from both of you that during that time through the hardest time for a lot of us, that's actually where you two really thrived. And, you know, there's this saying that I used to say to myself when I hit rock bottom four years ago, which was only at the precipice do we evolve, which means, you know, only when we're at the, really the edge Well, we can't go any further, are we challenged to go, am I going to stay the same or am I going to change? But not everyone thinks like that. And a lot of people can sometimes in their rock bottom, in really tough places, can have the mentality that the world is uh, conspiring against them, right? Things are happening to me rather than for me. And when I look at you two, I can really see that you're grasping things by the horns, and you're going, this is happening to me, but I'm going to make it go work for me. I'm going to, through COVID, you know, take as much opportunity as I can, whether it's online, whether it's in the speaking space, podcasts, etc. cetera. But I, I'm really curious to know, maybe there's something you girls have realized that's really helped you do that. You know, Cheryl, you mentioned grit. You also mentioned the idea of what it takes to turn pro. But pro is not just about your bodybuilding. It's also about being a professional in the coaching space, right? In the business space. So when you girls think of that, when you think about going pro on stage in your business as coaches, and you think about, you know, taking, um, taking control of your lives and get, getting to the edge state and knowing that you can evolve, what do you girls think's really helped you create that mindset to have a shift
2: I know two things that I think were really helpful for me personally. Um, One of them, and I think, Danny, I can speak for you as well, is we probably have a lot of self-worth when it comes to things. And I think when people victimise themselves, they go, poor me or... I don't want to, like, and I had parts of this where, like, I don't want to let other people down, I'll bend, I'll people please. Like, you sort of conform rather than being like, actually, no, like, I deserve better, I'm going to make the most of this, I'm going to push through, I'm going to get what I want. Um, and I definitely have that little piece of me to be like, why should I not try this thing that I actually want? What should I, why should I not pursue this thing? Um, so that was a little bit of a process for me, but I'm really glad that I worked through it. And one of the things that was helpful for for me to work through, to be able to develop that strong sense of self-worth, self-esteem, confidence in the decisions that I was making, was honestly the people around me. I think a lot of people underestimate how fundamental support is um, from your closest family, your closest friends, your network. And I think we're always going to have people that don't support us like the amount of people that were like oh it's a pandemic like you know you're pretty secure with nursing don't quit your job like what are you doing like I had so much of that especially um but then I also had the opposite where I did have like a great supportive network being like what makes you happy like, what would you look back on and not regret? Like just that, you know, the, that co-regulation to be able to mirror off and have a sounding board that doesn't have a bias. I'm really lucky that I've got a really strong network around me of those people. And I think that was fundamental to be able to actually not only take action, but then push through when things don't go to plan. Because we all know like business is very much up and down. It's just the way it is. Um, and, you know, the easy road is always going to be the most secure one. And we're taught that through society, like go to uni, get a get a um, profession, get a good stable job, get a salary, buy a house. Like we're told that. And that's so fine because some people want that life. Um, but there's a big number of people that are true hard, like business people, entrepreneurs They have dreams, a lot of us do right like WBFF pros are not a normal thing that people pursue so it's about recognizing if you've got those aspects and I think like I said just harnessing your environment around you Danny like very grateful for having you for the podcast to be able to ask as well someone else like if you can surround yourself with the people that normalize the behavior that you want you're going to be far more likely to actually pursue those targets rather than thinking oh you're right this is silly this is stupid no one's got this isn't going to work like I'm going to lose everything um, and those voices were definitely in the back of my head but I had enough in front of me to be like actually I choose not to listen to that you guys can stay in safety because that's what you want I'm happy to take a risk because for me looking back regret is the thing that actually scares me the most and I think honestly nursing taught me that too like I worked a lot in palliative care and I was like, the end is not that pretty, (laughs) right? As deep as that sounds, but I always wanted to be able to look back and be like, at least I tried that, you know? And if I wanted to go back, I did my research. I was like, well, it's not that hard. Like it's, it's, it's easy to go back if I want to, the world's always going to need this Uh, and, you know, no, no risk, no reward. So that was just something I worked hard on to allow myself to feel safe enough
1: to be able to take those risks and sort of lean forward. So that's my piece anyways. Brilliant. And, yeah, I can totally agree. And you you mentioned the environment a few times and, you know, the voices that don't believe in you. And upon reflection, that's very much why I had to step away from everything that I knew in terms of family and friends. Not that they didn't support me, but I think, you know, all of us, our dreams were sort of outside of even their mind that they they put their lens on it only from protection. So the people that care about us the most want to see us succeed. And then if their vision of success is a little bit different to someone who wants to create something, um, people can get a little bit confused and, and, and have their lens on that. Um, so very much so it was similar having to take myself out of the environment and in an environment with people as crazy as me, you know, which being the fitness industry we've all got a passion we've all got a drive we love training we love having fun but it's that next level discipline but the most important part was aligning with people who back then seemed like they were in front of me almost or they were established in the industry and then learning from them and not learning their processes in terms of the end result but learning their processes in terms of mindset who, which kind of person were they to be able to yield that result? So it was a big transformation over the past five or six years and very empowering. And I'll never forget the moment where I sort of just realized hang on a minute, if you have the belief, if you have the work ethic, if you surround yourself with amazing people with similar visions. You can actually live a life that you wanted. I grew up thinking that, yeah, I, and this is no disrespect to anyone who has these jobs, but I just thought the next level from high school was uni and then work in an office and then become a part of the system that you said, Sherelle. And, you know, again, nothing wrong with that, but for someone who wants to create businesses and have flexibility and all of that, that's not the ideal environment. Um, So with the help of mentors and like-minded people and reading so many books and, you know, you and I both, like all of us, we love books and it sort of takes you away into a whole nother world. And to have that self-belief the moment it's sort of, happens and compounds, then you're just unstoppable. And it's not to say that times aren't hard. It's not to say that we don't cry or you know think, oh my goodness, what have I done? You know you have to be resourceful and pivot. but the the strongest part is our foundation from within and having that self-belief and confidence. And that self-belief and confidence, it doesn't happen overnight. As I said, it's a compound slowly you tick things off and and you build those those aspects and you go, hang on a minute, okay, I'm working, I'm getting what I want. My life is, is just coming around me as if I envisioned it. And it's just, it's so crazy. I mean, I used to make vision boards and do all that. And I know that that works to an extent, but nothing beats just putting in the work and just not letting things stop you. And you have to be crazy and obsessed and, you have to want it so much, never at the detriment to your own health, but you do have to learn how to say no to things that are blocking that vision. And then you just stay, stay in that tunnel vision. Um, Yeah. So it's just, it's like having a superpower when you realize, so then when things like a pandemic does happen for me, my coping mechanism is to work. It it gives me safety and it might be a control thing for me because I like being in control of my actions on the most part. Um, I know it gives me validation, allows me to feel productive. Um, That's just one of my coping mechanisms. So naturally, when I do feel a little bit stressed or something happens, that's a big shock and forcing me to pivot I naturally go in that direction now in the past like Sherelle you know I used to love going out and partying as a teenager and and doing all that that was my my coping like just dance and have a couple of drinks and and just have fun Um, but now just based on how life has taken me when shit hits the fan so to speak I just go back to my anchor which is okay what can I do now Um, what's the situation and you know, businesses always come out of come out of it. To be honest, so I started the app. We filmed everything in lockdown. I started United Health Education in the pandemic as well. Um, you know, yeah, a lot of things have come out of it. Just it's just what
0: makes me feel good. But you know, and even I, when we, sorry, go ahead, Shura. I was
2: just going to say, I just wanted to add on top of that. Both of us have mentioned Danny, like how important. Um, supporters around you and people mm-hmm. finding those people. And I recognize like our own privilege in that as well. But then at the same time, like we both went out and found those people. Like I slid into your DMs and asked if you wanted to start a podcast. Like I messaged so many people. I I moved away from the country. Like I think even though you, like we have it people might Look at us and go, oh, yeah, well, they just know all these people and they can network and they just get on this podcast or do that. It doesn't start like that. Like it starts by awkward conversations and it mm. starts by reaching out to the people that you look up to and it starts by asking if you can pay for someone to go out for a coffee and just pick their brain. Like, And I've definitely done that for people when they've done it to me. But I just think we all have to create the environments. They don't, we just don't get born into Silicon Valley or just born into like these areas where, you know, all these mentors and inspirations are surrounding you. You have the opportunity now and far more than what we did, you know, like podcasts and books and like, Instagram messages like if I could just slide into someone's dms and talk to them like I would so it's about recognizing you also have the opportunity to be able to create uh, a really inspiring environment around you as well that's such a good
1: point um yeah but most people would think oh as you said they know all these people and all of that but we all met through doing what we wanted as an individual you know Nikki's from Adelaide, you're from Swan Hill, I'm from the eastern suburbs out in in Melbourne, you know, we are all in our sort of communities where fitness wasn't massive or, you know, there's not that many entrepreneurs and not, it's not the business hubs of our cities. Um, so you're right we followed that burning passion from within and then that's when we sort of met people along the way it wasn't the opposite where the environment was there thriving we just jumped in it was the complete opposite yeah
0: good point I've never thought of it like that yeah and passion is such an important thing because when we think of obsession and even Danny you mentioned coping mechanism and for me my first thought went but hang on a lot of people's ways in which they cope actually pulls them away from things that allows them to be productive or be channeled into things like you know their work and so the first thing that actually came to mind which is why I'm so glad you said passion is that it's people's um their drivers behind it and I I don't want to say motivation because you know we all we all love motivation in this space it's so unstable but when we look at the idea of passion it's what it's what gets us out of bed every morning it's what helps us to overcome those really nerve-wracking things like getting out of our comfort zone sliding into people's dms putting our voice out there overcoming our fears of judgment or the expectations for what we should do or the status quo for who you know who we need to be in this industry <clears throat> And that's why I love you two so much, because you're willing to go against the status quo and push people, you know, poke them where where they feel uncomfortable, give them the hard pills to swallow and go, hey, like, this is really important. And, you know, when I come back to passion, I want to know for both of you, what's, what's your passion? Like, why do you girls do what you do? Because I think a lot of women look up and men look up to you guys. And a lot of people aspire to do what you're doing, have the confidence to speak out loud without filters and inspire other women in the coaching space, the educational space to um, to be better versions of themselves. And I really think that passion has a lot to do with that. And um, I think when people find their passion, the rest becomes so much easier. We have reasons to step into our comfort zone more than the reasons we have not to, to stay the same, to stay comfort in our comfort zone. So girls, like, what, what's your passion? Why do you do what you do? Such a big question. Awesome. That's why <laughs> oh, I handballed yeah.
1: it over to you, Cheryl. You handball, go
0: first. Handball.
2: <laughs> when you were saying like, what's your passion? All I was thinking about were like, what are the values that are really strong to me at the moment? And obviously the main one would be like women's health and education and training. Uh, and I just know what pursuing and really understanding those values has done for me and that's what I hope to be able to give to other people like when I started learning more about women's health especially when I was in the fitness bodybuilding scene I was like why is why is no one talking about this like why are these two areas not combined like why are people thinking we're just little men like why are we following the same stuff why is no one talking about it so when I started to learn about that and then obviously when I was a midwife like working in it working with women I was like man we are like resilient people think we're like fragile little butterflies like even as pregnancy um, or our whole lifespan so I think just working with women and then educating myself along the way about women's health and training and then like through my own experiences as well like reaping the rewards of building strength building resilience in my body and then also my mind pushing myself to achieve things that i didn't think were possible like all of those those areas like i was just i wanted to be able to share that with other people because i think So many of us are like, it's too hard basket, not because we think it's too hard, but because we think we can't achieve it, like it's out of reach, we're not capable. And I think when you push yourself to certain extremes, um, you, you break through that because I think people think that confidence, right, is something that you just have, but it's not like confidence follows action. Like for a lot of us, we're not confident in the things, but we do it. And then we become confident from it. So my passion really is being able to take those values and like all those areas and be able to combine it in something that I can give to other women, not in like a little package or anything, but just in like a space, like an environment, like be able to harness that so that they can have like a system or a process or a mentality so that they can achieve whatever their own individualized goals are around those sort of areas too.
1: How good and and what a job you're doing at that. Definitely um, leading that space and I love that it came from you recognizing that there was a a gap and almost a stereotype that that you want to be broken and you're very much doing that. Um, Personally as well, I did notice a gap in the two worlds being allied health and personal training. Um, you know we, we you get your cert three and four you become a personal trainer you train someone in the gym allied health practitioners whether it be an osteopath uh, physiotherapist Cairo, all of that um, supposedly we were both the both worlds were meant to have the same outcome which is teaching someone how to move better feel strong you know achieve their their goals um, but the worlds were too separate and they still sort of are I mean you've got your coaching out on the gym floor and allied health which is traditionally on a treatment table as an osteopath I spent um, so three years of doing exercise science first um, and then a five-year osteopathy degree and the main part of my learnings although there was a lot of anatomy and theory and, and amazing knowledge that I use now in terms of treatment techniques it was very much The therapist is hands-on and the patient is lying there on the treatment table. And that just did not sit well with me at all. I mean, there is a time and a place for manual therapy, and I love getting a good massage and, and all of that. But the biggest disconnect that I realized was there was a lack of patient empowerment Your your client or patient would walk out the door and expect to be rebooked. And that was very much and still very much is the business model. Um, And yes, we are taught that we're doing them a service and and helping them by, by continuously rebooking, but I just noticed that it went against my values and that sort of led me to learn other ways on how to treat pain and dysfunction and and how to educate people around their movement but then giving them the tools to do it like what you both do in your spaces it's about taking them in for help but then removing that reliance on a practitioner because there's nothing worse than feeling like you're powerless and you are relying on someone else to get you through your quality of life well what happens when that practitioner goes what happens if you move house what happens if you go on holiday it just did not sit well Um, so that's where my way of practicing with clients evolved um, teaching yeah the tools and the movement for them to do it themselves and now I still take on a limited amount of clients but just the way that I'm going, I've gone down the path of educating through seminars, through our podcast, obviously, Shirelle, um, through mentoring. I mentor a lot of trainers who are a bit scared if they get a client in with knee pain or back pain, they don't know what to do. And then I figure I can help more people by educating the trainers and the allied health professionals rather than just with clients one-on-one so it's an exciting journey now to go down that path of educating um, mainly face-to-face seminars right now but we're going to take it online and, and continue that world um, and then having had a performance with my partner Paul again when we met in the pandemic it, it everything good thing has happened out of that so I must be grateful um, really taking on that role of managing the gym and and having staff there and it's a whole nother uh, exploration there but i get to bring those qualities in and nothing makes me happier than seeing the the new trainers especially coming in and finding their feet and just taking them through that journey so um it's hard you know they say what is your passion or find your passion but i feel like it's forever evolving as we're evolving and it's never really one thing i feel like it's a series of actions that give us a um, but it must always come from a place of kindness and helping and stepping outside your ego, because that's what really makes you feel good. I mean, you see all the time on, on the internet, you know, people have the most money in the world and, and then they, they reach that level, but then they start a charity or give back or start educating. And it's just, it, as humans, that just makes you feel so good. Um, but you can't just go out and do that. You have to do the hard yards. You know, we've we've done hours and hours of hard work, whether it be as a nurse, whether it be as a, a coach, cleaning treadmills, doing all that, working in the jobs before the fitness industry. I was reflecting on the bakeries and cafes I used to, I used to wash dishes and, you know, we we've applied that work and we know what it feels like. And then to to have a way out of um of always working for other people or always feeling like you're in a box why would we not share it with other people I think that's so beautiful what we all do and that's very much what fuels me now so I'm kind of passing the torch over to the next trainers and the next practitioners to then I can teach them the best of my abilities, but then I'm also teaching them to stay open-minded and learn. I can only teach them what I know, um, but I'm never saying that that's the only way. It's more just challenging their thinking and, and coming up with their own business model and their own plan. So yeah, that's very much the fuel to my fire. And I feel pumped. So I know that I'm on the right place when talking about it. You, you just get excited when you talk
0: about it. Yeah. And this is so important the conversation that we're talking about right now, because when we look in the health and fitness industry, I think what we really missed in the past was the idea of evolved thinking. You know, when we think of like survival, like human mankind, and you know, they say survival of the fittest. I really think that it's survival of our abilities to adapt and evolve. And if you think about like, why we're so good at surviving as apex predators, it's because we're so good at evolving. We're very good at taking technology, especially, and going, how can we, you know, evolve a species? And so when we look at it in the health and fitness space, I think that's what we really missed back then, you know, 10 years ago, it was that it was this, you know, health and fitness stays on its own, mental health is on its own, you know, therapy is on its own, and it was all quite separated. And as we're coming together, one thing that I can see is changing is the people's abilities to evolve and adapt in their co- coaching philosophies. And so when I talk about myself, you know, I, when people say, you know, oh, you're an influencer, it grinds my gears. And what I prefer to think of myself is, and yeah, daddy and Shirelle are just laughing. So they, I can definitely see that hits home for you two as well. What I prefer to see myself as is a thought leader. And so by doing that, what we're saying is my ability to influence is actually not by telling people what to do, it's educating them to think for themselves it's giving them the self-leadership skills to evolve how they think evolve and change how they look at not just their body or their nutrition their like their mind their nutrition um, sorry their hormones their recovery like everything and that only changes when we change our thought processes behind things and so you know danny yeah i could imagine the frustrations like clients just coming and laying on the table and being like fix me you know the the what's the Chinese philosophy? You give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day, but you teach him how to fish, he'll feed himself for the rest of his life. And that's what we're doing with our clients. We're giving them the tools equipped so that they can change how they take care of their health, their wellbeing, and take really charge and control of their lives. You know, Sherelle, you put up a TikTok the other day about what to notice when fits bows, like what are key indicators? And one of them being that, What's their ability to speak on a podcast? Do they have a podcast? Can they speak on a podcast? Have they ever done even one episode? It's very easy to have a perfect script and talk about things in front of your clients or on social media. But when push comes to shove, how you really think as a thought leader is extremely important in the health and fitness industry. And so, you know, I want to get your take, girls, on, on this. Like, what are your thoughts about this around influencers and maybe you know, people are yet to evolve in the industry and the way they think um, and, and, and uh, thought leaders.
2: I love that thought leaders. I think that's a great way of framing it. Um, I can definitely resonate like being called an influencer. I'm like, does me a disservice for the amount of things I've done just because I have a following does not mean I have discount codes, right? It's very different. So I think um, like having influence, like, and having impact is very different. Like it, if you build a following, like, how do you build that following? You know, it's not the same anymore. And I think everyone knows that the majority of people on Instagram have paid for their followers and purchased the blue tick. Um, And you, you can sniff it out pretty quickly, like whether people are actually there for the right reasons or doing the right stuff. And just like elaborating on I guess that TikTok like that I made, I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, you know, there's so many people that have gotten to where they are by doing what they've always done and things are evolving, especially through social media and the way that we get attention and build trust and rapport and reputation in the health and fitness space. And I'm excited for the movement because I think people are going to start looking at impact over influence and start to smell out just, you know, big followers and just thinking that, oh, well, I must buy their program or whatever it is, because I've definitely, there was definitely people that I used to look up to that I don't anymore. Uh, And that's just because social media, all it does, it, it it exposes you. Like social media, fame and money, it exposes who you really are. And I think, as I've mentioned, with the way that things are evolving now, people are becoming more exposed. And for some people, that's amazing because they're getting more more opportunity to express their character, who they are, their passions, their purpose, how they can help people, what got them there, their story. They're getting those opportunities through new platforms, through podcasts, through TikTok, through other stuff. Uh, Whereas I guess if you aren't, okay with being exposed and i'm not saying that everyone needs to get on and share everything Um, but i mean like those core values of of who you are and why you do what you do if you aren't happy for those to be exposed then you'll get left behind in the crowd and i think in 2022 if you're not talking about education if you're not talking about mental health or mindset alongside the physical aspects and the aesthetics like if you're still selling booty programs you're going to get washed out because the consumer is getting smarter the consumer is expecting more. Like we used to settle for PDF workouts. There's no way in hell we're going to do that anymore. So I really love the direction that everything's going in. I think that the the the, the battlefield is becoming more even because people are getting a greater voice and therefore, you know, they're getting more impact on people and their messages being able
1: to spread. So I'm excited for the direction that the things are going in. it's definitely exciting times. I mean, we would have killed to have communities and be able to, you know, when we first started in the industry to just type in on Instagram, fitness competitor and have a whole list. I mean, the list was very limited um, but grateful because it allowed all of us to, to sort of find each other. But now, you know, you can just reach out to people and ask for help and, and find that that community. And there are more social opportunities being, um, Um, exposed on social media and and things like that a lot of great education as well Um, and you're right the consumer is getting smarter I feel like people who have been on social media and have followed certain people for a long time now know not to fall for the gimmicks and the photoshop and and the clickbait and all of that however unfortunately there are a lot of new people jumping on people that are, are so new to fitness, and they still think twelve hundred calories is the answer, or training double sessions seven days a week is the answer, and all of that. So it's I'm noticing continual waves. It's like the people that have been riding the waves the longest are getting smarter and, and more empowered, which goes back to our values. But then there's still so many new people, and then they I feel like they're jumping in and getting. So confused because they haven't spent the time listening to people's podcasts or following someone long enough to understand where they're coming from and why they kind of still look at the quick fixes, they look at the high following, and then mix that up with decades of work and studying and all of that, which is not the case. I mean, you know, you can have a million followers and be very good at marketing and business, but It doesn't necessarily mean that you've got your followers' best interests at heart, which is, you know, you get that in all industries, even outside of social media. Um, So it is very interesting. It is exciting that we do have so many platforms to express who we are. Um, if that suits us. But then it's also okay to not be on social media for some people. I mean, some of the most successful people business-wise or life or, you know, they're they're ticking off all their goals and, and they don't feel the need to post on social media. So it's just really about figuring out how does this make me feel? Do I need this for my lifestyle, for my business, or do I need to pull back a bit? Because once you're in, it's it's addictive social media is an addiction it's easy to get lost in it it's easy to lose your self-worth feel like you're not good enough feel like you're competing with other people and not to sound like the cliche but Instagram is mainly a highlight reel and there uh, there's a lot of false information there's a lot of filters there's a lot of fake fakeness out there that it's easy to get lost into so I think social media can be a beautiful opportunity but then it can also be at our detriment so we need to continue to work on ourselves before we go into the depths of the online world um, to really make sure that we're making decisions and sticking with our values rather than getting caught up in everything that's there and and losing our values to try and get followers I mean we can all post half naked photos and go viral but it's just not it's not who we are or you know you don't want to lose who you
0: are along the ride. Yeah. And I think that when people really begin to know themselves, as you're mentioning, Danny, it allows them to really connect to like their core uh, messaging and values for what they really want to teach people. I think that if we look at these, uh, you know, the fakeness or the influences, I think one thing that I notice is there is a lack of that. There's a lack of ask if you ask them, like, what do you really, really value? I think that they would really struggle to answer that question. And so I think that if people are listening and You know, you're really wanting to be a thought leader in any industry. I think your ability to really know yourself and connect to what's extremely important to you, because the way that you encourage others to change the way that they think, you know, if you look at Danny, Sherelle and myself, we're thought leaders, but the way that we teach people, what we educate is so different in all of all all three of us. And so it doesn't really matter what you're educating people on. Your ability to be a thought leader and really make a difference. I think, Danny, you're spot on. You really got to come back to yourself and ask yourself, what's really important to you? What do you connect with? What are your values? And as you do that, you'll be able to regurgitate that. Like you'll be able to speak your truth. It will come from your heart. It will feel real. It'll feel connected. You know, and as Sherelle said, like people are going to see it, people are going to know it. If you're On social media and you're sharing things that aren't aligned with you, people are going to pick up on that. People are starting to change and evolve and and transform the way that we um, accept and receive information. You know, I think think it was back in like 2012, people used to need six pieces of content before they were willing to just talk to someone to to, um, buy their services. Whereas now, it's 20. It's 20 pieces. And so people are starting to realize that they wanna see the value in what you're giving to them. They want, they want you to change how they think because they've been thinking the same way for all these years. And you know, they haven't been able to change, change that. You know, Same thoughts lead to the same outcomes. So you know, if you're a leader in any space and you're wanting to be like these two incredible women, Sherelle, Danny, and you wanna change people's lives or just change the way people look at things, it really does start with looking inwards and looking at yourself. How do you see yourself? What do you think about yourself?
2: That's awesome, Nikki. And I really um I love that piece there that you mentioned about the connection thing. I um I put up a post the other day and I was like, like I can't remember how I prompted it, but I was basically saying you know it's on Instagram it's just the scroll you know like everyone's just scrolling past no one's stopping to chat like no one's talking anymore our attention span is like three seconds and I was basically prompting them like stop and chat to me like what's going on and there was people being like yeah I've been following you for three years or four years this is the first time I've I've stopped to say hi. And I'm like, isn't it crazy? I'm like, isn't that crazy? And you, would you walk past my house for four years and just look me in the eye and then keep walking? Like you wouldn't. You'd stop to say hi. So I think um, like we're building off what you were saying, Danny. I think attention is important. Like, and I think that's, that's the business world and that's the social media world. Like attention does usually lead to business at the end of the day. So we need to be like creating if that's the role that we're in, depending. Um, But then under that attention piece is reputation. And that's where a lot of us should be spending the most time and energy when it comes to like content. Like what do we want to be remembered for? You know, that's why I love podcasting. That's why I love speaking because I'm like, I can't articulate in three seconds or 15 seconds on a story or a caption. I can't articulate my passion or what I want to say. Uh, But then that connection piece Like so many people just skim over it. Like they don't respond to comments. They don't get back to DMs. They don't spend time interacting. They're just so worried about the next post or the next thing that's going to go viral, how can they get more followers rather than the ones they've got? Like it's our attention span with that. And I think people forget that funnel, like attention, reputation, connection. Like you need to be doing that because that's not business. That's just being a good person. Like you're going to get the attention, then you're going to build rapport and then you're going to, you know, have a catch up or a follow up and build that connection building onwards. So I think it's a really good piece because yeah, six pieces of content to 20, I just think a follow now is far more expensive because people are becoming more, uh, they're cottoning on to it, right? They're like, why should I trust you? You've got to actually earn my trust. And I think that's amazing.
1: And I think, you know, we need to be okay with people unfollowing us as well, because there's no point trying to build that number And then the number of followers are filled with people that just aren't your people. Not only would they not connect with you, they might be looking at you for the wrong reasons. um, And they're certainly not gonna buy anything that you put out there to try and help them. So be okay with that, use it all as data. Um, And Sherelle, last time we were talking, probably on the podcast, um, you made a great point where you can, people can get down on themselves for not having many followers or not having many likes, let's just say one post gets 100 likes, and then you sort of reframed it and, and allowed me to, to think imagine 100 people in a room, that's actually a lot, or 10,000 people in a room, or, you know, in your case, over 100,000, like the MCG people are following you. One like, one click, it's still a human with a heartbeat, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing. But naturally, we we don't see the people behind the phones who press like or, or comment, but it's still a big deal. So it's not, as you have been saying, it's not about just just getting the, the attention, you want to funnel it down into the connection. And that's mm. very much what people are craving in one shape or form. And yes, social media, it was there for connection. I mean, with Facebook and MySpace and MSN back in the day, um, but now it is very much an attention grabber. Um, and, and that's fine. You can make reels and, and entertainment and all of that, but don't lose the reason why we're here in the first place. It's to connect and it's to help other people.
0: Yeah. yeah really and, you one. know, Danny and I caught up a couple of weeks ago, we went down to the Koji Pav and uh, had a coffee and I was saying to Danny, you know, legacy is such an important, um, uh, such an important way for us to redefine what gets us up every morning, why we're here, why we choose to put our voice out there, why we choose to overcome our fear of failures on maybe, You know, this idea of like, what if I only get one or two likes? It's like, what if you only get 100 and there's 100 people in the room right now? You would be overwhelmed. I love that, Sherelle. And I said to Danny, and we had a bit of a laugh. We said, no one's going to look at your grave and read. Here lies Nikki Kassa. She had lots of followers, lots of likes. (laughs) People loved her because she read lots of books you know, they, they're going to say, they're going to remember how I made people feel. They're going to re- change, uh, sorry, they're going to remember how I changed their lives. So, you know, it's a really good way for people to reflect. And it's a hard thing to do because a lot of people don't like thinking about death. You know, it's, it's grim. It's really not. It's a really good way for you to look at your life and gain some perspective at my funeral, right? What's my legacy? What do I want people to remember me by? When they come to my funeral, it's a big question to, to sit with and you will feel uncomfortable just listening to this right now on the podcast, but considering that for yourself, what kind of impact do I want to leave? And then social media, you know, it's just one, one way, but you know, the way that we actually connect with people outside of the virtual space as well, which is why I think, you know, social media, we can still be, we can be one way on the social platform in a very different way in person. It's just something I've, I've observed in people. It's like, how do I wanna be not just in person or not just in the virtual space, but in multiple platforms, in, in um, inside and outside of the virtual space. Mm-hmm. It's really important to consider that. Like, who do I wanna be? Who do I wanna be remembered by? Cause like your job, your, um, your status, like being a pro, being a coach, being a business owner, having these followers, Being an influencer, being a thought leader, like none of these things are who we are. They're just a reflection of like what we do or maybe the things that we have. And so, like, when you think about who you are, like that has to be really reflected. It's something that Danny and Sherelle, you do so well. You have such a specific, um, like, when people hear you and know you, you get a very clear vision of what you two are like because who you are is really reflected through what you do. You're not trying to be like anyone else. You're not trying to show who you are and what you do or your status you just be yourselves and I think that's really beautifully reflected girls in how you show up your presence and your philosophies as well
2: I think one of the best compliments is when I meet people and they're like oh you're exactly like I thought and I'm like yes that's really what I want because I've definitely met a lot of people uh that you know maybe I followed for a long time and meet them in person you're like Yeah, like not what I expected or very different on socials. And I don't even know if this is just me, but I'll have people that are like, you know, so like comment on every post and always messaging you and all that sort of stuff. And then you see them in real life and they're very shy, very reserved or whatever it might be. And I think it's just social media is heavy armor for a lot of people they can hide behind the screen and the filters and they don't want to they don't want to feel vulnerable they don't want to share anything and you know we've mentioned I've mentioned this a lot but sometimes I'm freaking uncomfortable on social media sharing some of the things that I do being vulnerable but I know that when I feel that it's sort of a good thing like it's sort of the point like it's not always supposed to be comfortable when you're expressing who you are and that's so okay What people don't realise is that's how you actually build trust and rapport in people. Like you need to pretend like they're your friends, right? That's how you actually build a community. And like what you said, Danny, not everyone wants that, and that is so okay, but it takes a level of self-awareness to be like, if I don't want this, if I'm not willing to do this piece, why am I trying to get blood out of the stone? Like why am I then trying to push it? Like from a business perspective, you're better off going in another pathway and outsourcing that piece instead of you just trying to show up in an inauthentic way and do these pieces so I think it's like that self-awareness piece that a lot of us do have to be able to recognize whether that discomfort or that vulnerability is actually
1: what we want amazing and I feel like it takes a level of self-confidence to be vulnerable as you said social media is heavy armor so people use it to step into the space but the more inauthentic they are on social media, you know, the more inner work they have in real life. And it's just a direct correlation. Uh, the more confident you are in yourself, there's less to prove. And you, almost, you have thicker skin. You don't really care about potentially what people might say, although we all do. It would have less of an effect because we're so confident from within. And now not everyone has to show up and be vulnerable. Not everyone has to start a podcast. Not everyone has to educate and and be a thought leader. Not everyone has to, and that's fine. But going back to what you were saying, Nikki, at the end of your life, you know, people will reflect on the impact. It doesn't have to be a worldwide public impact. It can be the direct impact on your close family. It can be the impact you had on your neighbor, on on your small group of friends. Like it is relative to your life. I don't want people to think that, you know, we're, we're doing all these things, but we're doing them because we love it and we want to, and it's making us feel amazing and, and living a fulfilling life. But if I was another version of me, maybe just sitting down having coffee with my parents, you know, I would get that, that gratitude and that connection there. So it's going to look different for everyone, um, but it, it brings the same underlying factors that we need to always go back to.
0: Mm. And if we are to leave people with, you know, a really positive message, one thing that I teach my uh, clients when they come to me in what we're talking about here, there's a model I created called imposter gap. And this is a very real thing for some people. I do actually recognize for some people, it's actually really hard in a non-virtual world to be this really confident, charismatic person that they portray themselves on social media to do with the intention to really be that. Like, I wanna be as confident as I can as just taking a picture and, and putting up a really motivational caption. And so I say to them, you know, there's a gap, right? And if you're um, listening to the recording, you put your hands together and you, you open the hands out. And in between that, there's a gap. On the left is who you are and how you see yourself. And on the right is how the world sees you. And so the the wider, the bigger the discrepancy between who you're being and how the world sees you, or we can say on social media versus non-social media, the bigger the gap, the more imposter you're going to feel like. Now, the thing is the only person that's created that gap is you. You've separated yourself for who you think you should be and who you actually are. And so the way that we close that gap and create, create equilibrium right, or authenticity or vulnerability is by actually looking at how you see yourself. And so obviously, you know, one of the things we're trying to really say here is like self acceptance is extremely important. If you can accept who you are, how you portray yourself on social media versus who you actually are, well, there's not going to be such a big gap there because you feel content and complete in who you are and you're able to then connect back to things like your values, your life philosophies um, and, and what kind of impact you want to make in your small community or your wider community. So girls, I want to ask you, what are some of the things that you've found? And maybe if you were to give some girls and men, because this is a gender neutral podcast, any men as well listening, and you're struggling, if you're listening and you're struggling to perhaps close your imposter gap, or maybe struggling to be more vulnerable, authentic with your friends, with your family, on social media, what are some things that they can begin to do to start working on their self-acceptance and create equilibrium and really just be who they are?
2: I love that analogy. I love that, like really framing that gap. I think um something, the first thing that come up to me when you were explaining that is why do you feel like you should be something else? Um, and when it comes to that, is usually that comparison piece. Like who else are you looking at to be able to really compare to? Because that's usually going to shift you in that direction, right? And I think um something that I always say that I know is not I don't know if it's not the best advice, but it's always gotten me through is like, I'm a big believer in just faking it till you make it. It's something that's gotten me like probably to where I am is that if I don't feel confident doing something or in something, I'll do it anyways. And I'll be okay with not feeling confident because I know that again, and I know now that confidence comes from action. Confidence comes from repetition. Confidence comes from proving it to myself that I can actually do it. But if I actually express that doubt, and that worry in myself that I'm not capable, I will usually lean more into it. And I think it was actually like probably my nursing career that taught me a lot of that. You have to be good at a lot of things and you are just not when you're, when you go out into the workforce, you have to do a lot of like invasive procedures or like, I remember the first time I delivered a baby on my own, like I was shitting myself and I'm like, like I've always had support here. And now that that's been taken away, like I'm not going to express to a labouring woman that I'm like, okay, this is my first time. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to do that. So I think um, putting on putting on a brave face and just like building self-efficacy in yourself and be like, okay, I can do it. I'm capable. I have the resources. I have the skills. This is what I'll do if, if things go pear-shaped, et cetera, et cetera, um, allows me to express myself with confidence because it's something that I get, it's like, how are you so confident? It's like, you know, I'm not like when I did that, I was not confident. Might've looked like it, um, but that actually helped me step into that aspect. So I could just get on with it because I know again, that that confidence is got to follow that action piece. So the first piece I'd be telling people, to look at is like who are you comparing yourself to? Because I even know, like, for example, people that have come to me they're like, I wish I could do that. And I'm like, You're five years like prem my journey. Like you should be comparing yourself to me five years ago or you five years ago, like no one else. And we're so quick to do that, right? Whether it's business or fitness or whatever it might be, there's no point looking at someone five years ahead and going, I wish I was there because you could be in five years time. So you need to stay in your lane and stop like deviating outwards and just stay focused on that lane and just get on with it. Like just do the actions and the confidence will actually build as a result of that. And hopefully that can close the gap for
1: you. That was so good. And it, I'm just visualising you having to deliver your first baby. Hat goes off to you for, for having to do some of those things in your life. But, hey, it led you to where you are now and building the confidence doing those things. But, um, yeah, you know, to, to come off um, what Sherelle beautifully said, I mean, confidence, we don't want to compare to other people. So naturally, my first answer to this question would be if you start to feel a little bit inauthentic or incongruent, turn in and say, hmm. Have I dropped some of the actions um, that I normally do to allow me to feel good and and congruent with myself? Have I made any changes? I might have dropped the ball here or, um, yeah, just um, changed the way that I do things in my day-to-day or whether it be my mindset, whether it be my actions. Think, have I changed that? or if you do go back to those anchors so we call them and and I've very much been there if you do go back to the anchors and they no longer allow you to feel good and confident what changes do I need to make externally so naturally always turning in have I changed anything do I need to go back to my ways that allowed me to feel good and confident Um, if that doesn't work then hmm, do I need to change my environment do I need to change my language do I need to seek help from someone else Um, and then look externally and make the change there. But I feel like the underlying theme is just to make a change. You know, we don't have to sit in that. And it's not to say that it's never going to show up. We might just have a day where we're overtired and overanalyzing and, you know, our tolerance is lower and that happens and that's okay. We might not have eaten all day. We get hangry. But if you notice it for a long period of time, then we do have the power
0: to make a change, to get out of that state. Fantastic. I'm feeling so good. I love talking to women like you, you both of you. It it makes me feel so good. It enriches my soul. And this is what we're talking about. You know, I'm just sitting here asking Danny and Cheryl some tough questions and we're sort of having a back and forth banter. And, you know, I'm going to probably feel like on a high for the rest of the for the rest of the day. And so, you know, when you look at environment, when you look at your values, when you look at who you're spending time with, you know, Sherelle, Danny, myself, we've all created our own communities. And, you know, they're saying the higher your vibe, the smaller your tribe. I also feel, though, that you can begin to create your own tribe if you're feeling alone, if you're feeling like you don't have people like, you know, Danny or Sherelle to talk to. Number one, you can do what I used to do which is push everyone away and just listen to podcasts. I probably would recommend that. Podcasts and mentors, that's what I did for a long time. Or you can do what we've, we're all now doing, which is create your own community. Spend time talking to people that light your soul up and make you just feel oh, so good, which is how I'm feeling right now after talking to you too. Uh, I've got one more flash question for you both. The question is, If you were to go back to your 18 year old self and you were to give her 30 seconds of advice, what would you tell her? (laughs)
2: Another good one. Um, I don't know if we'll go for 30 seconds, but something I would, honestly, something I look back on now in hindsight, and I would probably just tell her is keep having fun. Like, like I said, I was a bit of a party animal in my early uni years. And I look back now when life is a bit more serious and I have far more responsibilities and I have staff and I have a partner and I have a house and I have all this stuff. And I look back to my 18 year old self, like living on res in a single bed, like living off Goon and OJ, like, and just... (laughs) like living her best life. And I just think, go you, like keep doing it. And I think I look at now and I think maybe even the COVID, um, you know, pandemic, like, uni students not being able to live on campus and network and connect with people very different studying from home etc I saw that a lot in, in my clients I'm like wow you're stressed for your first year of uni like please get degrees that was my whole motto in the first year of uni just go out and have some fun because you've got so many years later on to knuckle down and get serious and I always say like I got it out of my system early so by the time I was 20 I was like okay I'm ready to take my health fitness career like professional life seriousness So I think, uh, you know, if you are, you know, 18, 19, 20, just enjoy those young years because your responsibility only grows and you have so much time to make
1: up for. Like, enjoy your life while you're young. I love that. I definitely did all of those things and there's no regrets. I'm I'm glad to look back and say, shit, yeah, you had your fun with no responsibility. Um, Yeah, so some advice to me. I think one of the biggest battles for myself just based on my upbringing and the environment and this was just from myself no one else put these limiting beliefs on me but I had to allow myself to realize that I deserve success in terms of you know I might end up earning more than my parents and 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 that's okay or or I deserve to be different I deserve to be in the spotlight because the more I put myself out there and the more successful I became and not just from a monetary value but from a lifestyle value then I can help others do the same and you know the saying is if my light's shining brighter I can shine bright for other people as well we don't need to dim ourselves down around other people and that's very much what I did I never wanted I'm such an empath I, like I never want anyone to feel bad about themselves so I used to think that Well, I didn't know it was subconscious. I was blocking myself from achieving the life that I wanted in the fear that it would make other people feel bad. And it was really hard work to explore that and reframe that. Um, But now that I got over that or not now, it was a few years ago, I did get over that. And then it was full steam ahead. And the people around me, my loved ones, I'm able to bring them with me on the journey and have fun with them and give back to them for my upbringing and and what they did for me and it's just such a better scenario Um, so yeah aside from you know having fun in life what sherelle said i i feel worthy of success and living whatever life i want because we all can
0: fantastic so good amazing girls thanks so much for taking some time to come on to the Nikki Casa podcast. If you guys aren't following Danny or Sherelle, check them out across all the different platforms on podcasts. They are called the Level Up podcast as well. Um, And of course on social media, just use their full names. I'll leave it in the show notes below. I'll leave their links to all their social platforms. Girls, thanks so much for taking some time to jump on. That was amazing. I'm buzzing. Me too. Thanks
2: again for having us, Nikki. It's so lovely to reconnect. And yeah, we hope everyone enjoys the podcast.
0: And to leave you all with the same way that I leave you every single episode is a quote. And this week's quote is, a visionary is a leader of excellence who sees what others do not see, who achieves for now and plans for the future, who positively impacts different generations and raises up other visionaries.